Oh wait, was that you saying word. it just now, or yeah, was that that was me saying it? <laughs> All right, the fuck word. It's, the fuck word. The fuck word. It's, be, it's become your impression is so on point. I can't delineate. That's fantastic. You sound so much like like a man mis- saying the fuck word. You sound a lot like a. I don't even know how. I wouldn't. You know, you could sit me at this computer for ten thousand years, and I don't <laughs> think I could accurately describe Vince McMahon as a. You mean his voice or him as a? Is he human cyborg? Just his entire presence, his entire existence on our Earth. Yeah, he's sort of uh, amazing. <laughs> he's he's carved out his own niche. <laughs> All right, and uh, let's carve out our own. <laughs> oh after, shit! After ninety minutes of technical difficulties, we are finally uh, starting this podcast episode number twenty-three zero twenty-three. We should insert 90 minutes of silence before. There you go. Let's do that. It's been done. <laughs> now everyone... I don't think you're being honest. <laughs> uh, today's song is I Can't Help It. Wait a minute. Is this the Jackson Jackson podcast? This and is... are you Riley Hatch? And also, am I James Green Jr.? You are. So it's affirmative to all those questions. And I'm Michael Jackson. No, no, I will not <laughs> sanction any Michael Jackson impressions on this podcast. The fuck word. The fuck word. <laughs> That's gross. The fuck word. That makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> all right. Um, what track number is this? This is not the last song on the album. This is not even the second to last song on the album. I believe it's the third to last album. I believe third to last right. song on the album. Third to last song off of uh, Off the Wall. This is track number eight. And um, one of the last songs recorded for the album. Mm-hmm. Um, Written by Stevie Wonder and Suze Green, I believe. Suze Green, is that your uh, great aunt? I am. There's no relation between myself and Suze Green, the American singer best known for being the last official member to join Motown Girl Group, the Supremes. Yeah, long after anyone knew the Supremes still existed. <laughs> the final years of existence from 1976 to 77. The ultimate Supreme. <laughs> That's when they became Taco Supremes. <laughs> they they included sour cream and tomatoes. That's right. That was called the that was the the Green Supreme special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not the Supreme Extreme, not the Supreme Dream. <laughs> not That's the, it. I'm not going any further. <laughs> not the the Wonder Supreme. Um, Steve, Stevie Wonder and Suze Green. I, I'm guessing this is probably the only song they wrote together. But if if they had if they had kept it together, they could have been the Wonder Supreme. That could have been their songwriting tag team name. It could have been, and what a tag team they would have made! What an incredible <laughs> if they were literally a wrestling tag team. They could have taken many uh, regional markets by storm. <laughs> Certainly in the. In the heyday of the uh, territories, 
Because what better gimmick era. is there for a wrestler than being <laughs> than blind being and being an excellent songwriter? <laughs> um, the answer is none. none there yeah. is no better gimmick. Um, would you have any idea that this was a Stevie Wonder song? Are you are you so familiar with his uh, catalog that you would be able to pick this out as one of his? You know, I can't tell if uh, I feel like it has his fingerprints on it. I'm not super familiar with uh, his entire catalog, but I feel like when I discovered that he co-wrote this, I was like, ah, yes, I can hear. I believe I could hear it. Yeah, um, I I am also not the biggest uh, Stevie Wonder guy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, this is definitely a departure from the rest of the tracks on the album. Um, oh, you know what? Before we, uh, before we get into the song too far. Um, <laughs> we haven't gotten into yeah. the song at all, by the way. <laughs> let's, let's spend five hours talking about everything else that's going on in the world. Um, first let's get uh let's let's get into that mail closet get get that is there some with. stuff in that mail closet Raleigh? yeah there's a couple things well you better open the door okay i better rewind the track and turn the volume back up <laughs> so, uh, there we go <laughs> usa <laughs> All right, so first things first, we have our Twitter poll from like a month ago um, from our from somewhere around our last episode. Uh, and once again, uh, at Yaxon Jackson is where you can find all these wonderful polls and Yaxon Jackson notices. And uh, the last question was uh, Michael Jackson Ballad War. Gone Too Soon from Dangerous versus She's Out of My Life from Off the Wall. And the choices were Gone Too Soon, Off the Wall, Like Them Equally, or Dislike Them Equally. And 100% of you voted for Dislike Them Equally. That, now, I, I believe that poll was a little... You were vote. Now, the choices were, the, <laughs> like, the song... The, like, you, the the proposed question is which ballad do you dislike more? But then the choices were no, no, the, you, no. You could you didn't have to dislike them necessarily. You could no, like but them. I'm saying like weren't the options were the options each song? Or I feel like you just said the options were gone too soon and then off the wall. The album in its entirety was the second option. Oh shit, you're right. I uh, I wrote off the wall instead of she's out of my life. But it should have been obvious that you could pick she's off, she's out of my life. Let me just well, tell you that the one person that voted didn't have any problem choosing. <laughs> well, I can assure you that I was the one person who voted, and I can assure you that the poor phrasing of that question influenced my vote. Okay, well. And so democracy doesn't work, and it's time <laughs> to institute a dictatorship. <laughs> well, okay. We certainly won't be... Uh voting for our next dictator on Twitter. Okay, um, enough of the stupid polls. Let's get to a real piece of mail here. Uh, 
Yeah, let's get to the genuine article. A real, a real piece of mail from a, from a, from a real male himself, Jonathan Bollinger from Inside the Box, the TV history podcast. Uh, now he's referring to our last conversation, um, which was uh, uh, she's out of my life, and I was having a lot of problems um, with Michael Jackson's sincerity and using my 2016. Uh, jadedness, my jadeosity, uh, trying to trying to listen to a song from 1979. You're Jade Barrymore. <laughs> and uh, what John writes is, I think what Raleigh is getting at is, where is the line between Michael Jackson as an overly sensitive, emotionally stunted man-child and Michael Jackson as a professional entertainer since the age of eight years old? It is also complicated by the fact that Michael was raised and taught during the last gasps of old Hollywood, where there was still a hard line between what you showed an audience on stage versus your personal life. So, on these sparse ballads, it leads Raleigh and the rest of the audience to wonder how much of this is genuine emotion versus how much is this Michael just pulling from his performer's tool belt for, for effect. Audience members crave a certain amount of authenticity. Also, if we know how a magician performs a trick, does it mean it no longer can have an effect on us? P.S. Michael seems to have a thing for sparse ballads, just his voice with minimal instrumentation, on the underwhelming but nonetheless guilty pleasure of the Jackson's Victory album from 1984. There's a ballad titled Be Not Always that I find excruciating to get through. It is too long and too overwrought. Thanks, and I'm still enjoying the podcast. <laughs> the fuck word, John. <laughs> Let's back up for a minute. Did he insinuate that Michael Jackson wore at one time or at any time a tool belt? Because I don't remember ever seeing that. That was during the Batman album when, when he was trying to get when he was trying to get Batman away from Prince. You know, he he was in all truth. He was offered <clears throat> the uh, Batman soundtrack. Yep. Before Prince, but he uh, Michael had touring obligations and could not could not fulfill that destiny. It's too bad, sort of. I think it worked out perfectly. Yeah. However, I don't don't assume that I have not lied awake at night many many weeks and wondered what the soundtrack to Free Willy would be like had Prince taken a crack at it. Mm. I, I think uh, Batman. Um, while I like some of the stuff Prince did, I think I would have liked Batman more if it had been, uh, more input from different artists. Um, um, you know, since that be kind of like is the norm in soundtracking and particularly after Batman, you know, like loading up the soundtrack with different artists, Mm. I kind of respect that they only like the only pop music that they use is Prince. And it was an interesting experiment, I think. Yeah. That's just just the way I feel, Raleigh. You're not going to convince me otherwise. And I just don't really love the songs that much. Well, I do. And you're wrong. So let's stop talking about, let's never stop talking about Batman. Party Man's cool, and uh, was 200 Balloons. I like that. And uh, what else? Scandalous is uh, a wonderful song to listen to over the credits. So it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you like a a good portion of it, so. Yeah, but it still would have been nice. Like, I also like, so 
what what are some of the ones from the other albums? So like that U two song, I like that song. Yeah, but I think that that also I think that the um, like the Batman Forever soundtrack is you know very it's a very good soundtrack, but it also is a lot more reflective of um, of the tone of Batman Forever. And I just don't, I think that like the first Batman is such a singular, such a singular vision there. And it's not working with as many parts. Um, you know, like I can't imagine, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know who you'd put on it. Who else you would cram into that Batman soundtrack on the first one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. KLF. Who? What's the group that did King of Wishful Thinking? I feel like they would have had a shot on that. Is that Terrence Trent Darby? No, it no? is not Terrence Trent Darby. Because uh, I'm the king. Because I'm the king of wishful thinking. It's not. Uh, but we Go play, West, right. the artist. I think we played it before on this uh, podcast somewhere in season one. What happened? I think we played that sometime in season one. For did some we? reason, I think so. Hmm. How about John Cicada? <laughs> how about him? Rick now there's Astley. that motherfucker. Now that motherfucker, he knows how to work a crowd. <laughs> I would I would probably roll my eyes if I saw John Cicada on a Batman soundtrack. How about Fine Young Cannibals? I feel like the lead singer from that would have looked good in a Batman suit. <laughs> Or well, maybe now, now you're just exploring your own weird fetishes. You know maybe even yeah. as the Joker, he could have been the Joker. He would have did better dressing up as Batman and the Joker than Prince did dressing up as Batman and the Joker in the video. You know, I just think that it was a lightning strike rally, and I think if you try to put anybody else in there, I mean, listen, I'm sure the Judds would have written a great song about Vicky Vale. <laughs> I just don't, it doesn't matter. It's a moot point. Okay, but to get to get one Michael Jackson song on the soundtrack, you don't think it would have been worth getting all these other jerks from 1989? No, just to have I Prince don't, I and think Michael if you got, I think that would, that would have to be the, I think the trade-off with either Prince or Michael Jackson is like, I do this and no one else, like no one else is going to climb on board, you know? Okay. I can't think of a soundtrack where Michael and Jackson, Michael and Jackson, where, where Michael Jackson and Prince are like sharing the marquee with anybody. Well, it's not like they have to hold hands and perform together. Maybe they would. Maybe that was the stipulation of Batman Forever. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Method Man and the Flaming Lips had to hold hands with Brandy <laughs> and Seal. I just listened to that. Kiss from a rose, kiss from a rose on the grave. Yesterday, that's a good. That's a good song. My pleasure, my power, my pain. I think that's how it goes. You know who does an awesome version of that? WallyChung.com. It's a shame WallyChung.com couldn't come on this podcast. I had a good <laughs> Wally Chung joke earlier in this discussion that I was sitting on, but now it slipped away from me. Well, maybe it'll come back. We still have two more episodes this this season, so. It might still happen. Um, all right. Oh, back. I remember it. I remember it. I was oh. going to say, Wally, it's a shame that we're doing the Stevie Wonder song, and we couldn't get the host of Wally Wonders on Wonder 
the <laughs> pod, the fictional podcast that Wally Chung does about Stevie Wonder. <laughs> um, all right, are we re- right. are we ready to close the mail closet? Uh, no, I just I wanted to just quickly also respond to what John actually said. <laughs> I thought we just did. Didn't we, just <laughs> we just talked about Batman. <laughs> I consider that a response. Um. Yeah, definitely. Um, Michael Jackson did grow up during the last gasps of old Hollywood, and and that is something I forget. Um, that was a real thing, and people <laughs> and people really did sing ballads and uh, not write them themselves, but still pretend to mean what they said, even if they didn't have any actual connection. And people used to buy that, or at least I, I assume people would buy it if well, they didn't people buy, still it. buy it. That still that shit still happens. People writing ballads for other artists. Look at sure. Aerosmith. Sure, but I feel like it's far less now. I feel like it was almost almost exclusively like crooners doing these ballads in the past, and I don't mean exclude like a hundred percent, but I mean it was it was the majority of songs like if your grandparents, the songs that they love were probably the, all of these types of songs. I just think that I believe, I think it still goes on to this, like maybe the field has uh, like opened up to allow other types of things. But, and also I feel, I feel the bigger thing is that like the definition of schmaltz is, has changed. And like, I think what maybe, I don't mean, I don't want to put words in John's mouth or your mouth, just my own. But um, I feel like maybe it's more of like, that's what, Oh, it's like old to me. It seems old Hollywood, and like oh, this is like a really like very uh, like ham fisted like emotion type of thing. Whereas um, you know things aren't that cut and dry anymore. It's like you don't immediately know that you're falling down a kitsch hole. Yeah, yeah, and and Michael Jackson certainly. Um, <laughs> Like John said, he's overly sensitive. Um, I don't think Michael ever necessarily got, at least it didn't seem like it, he, he may not have gotten when he was way off track. Obviously, mm. he he lived that off-trackness to the end. Um, yeah. Well, when you're Michael Jackson, you probably don't really fucking care how off-track you get. Yeah. All right, let's close this shit up. Fucking shut it. All right, so I apologize for it uh, being several weeks since the last episode. Um, we have been sick, and uh, some of us have been in other countries. And Raleigh, I make no apologies because we do Yaks and Jackson when the time is right, and we <laughs> it has to be magical. Well, uh, we would not just go through the motions. That's true. But yes, that's true. There was illness. There were foreign affairs. <laughs> and uh, there's actually, there's been tons of shit going on in the world of Michael Jackson since we last spoke to you guys. Um, so January 27th marked the uh, 20, let me do some math real quick, 32nd anniversary of Michael Jackson's hair catching on fire during the filming of the Pepsi video. Uh, the Pepsi commercial, pardon me. Um, actually, I just I just watched the video, the footage from that t- 
today. I'd never seen it before, and it is horrifying. Um, I feel really bad for that dude. It was pretty horrifying when they reenacted it in Jackson's An American Dream. I don't think I... I, I I know I've seen some of that. I feel like VH1 Classic like puts on eight hour versions of that. Oh, I watched all of that thing like yeah. when it aired. It was like I couldn't believe it was just mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. But I really uh, I can't imagine that I'd ever want to sit down and watch the actual footage. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Well, it's it's really brief. Um, yeah, that really. Everybody used to joke about that, you know, um, but uh, it's really fucked up how badly he got burned, and uh, like he also he didn't really know it was happening while mm-hmm. while it was uh, while his hair was burning. So that's how it got to be so like second and third degree because he wasn't aware of it and kept just kept performing, um, and that really that really set off. Uh, it had a huge effect on the rest of his life with um, the painkillers and whatnot. And I also didn't know he won like a $5 million settlement from Pepsi and didn't keep any of it. He made Pepsi start a foundation for like uh, burn victims. Mm. Uh, And then that led to the rumors of the hyperbaric chamber and all kinds of shit. And, uh, but We'll probably talk about all that on some other episode. Um, what else? What else happened? Uh, there was a lot. There's been. I'll tell you what else happened. Oh, yeah. Raleigh. A couple more news. Things. News broke that uh, Joseph Fines, a mm-hmm. cauc- Caucasian actor, will be portraying Michael Jackson in a upcoming film about uh, that amazing story wherein Michael Jackson, Liz Taylor, and Marlon Brando escaped from New York City after mm-hmm. 9-11. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, that announcement came on the on the tail of uh, the Oscar So White movement. Mm-hmm. So the uh, not, not very well-timed uh, whitewashing or uh, blackface. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's not Hollywood, but it's uh if it's it's British uh British television. Mm-hmm. Still. Um, well, I mean, I don't even know. <sighs> I feel like it's such a bonkers thing to begin with like um to me, I mean, that is a great story, and it would be amazing. I can't imagine that any TV movie would live up to whatever the reality of it is. <laughs> um, well, who even knows what the reality is? Yeah. And, yeah, it's pretty messed up. That I mean, listen, we all know Michael Jackson uh, became gradually lighter and lighter as the years went on, but, you know, it's not like he ever renounced his ethnicity exactly he was always very proud of it and yeah. um and uh I, I i saw some i watched some footage earlier um uh with him on being interviewed by oprah which apparently 80 trillion other people have seen <laughs> watched watched live um where he addresses a rumor uh that a white child actor 
was requested by him to play him as a young boy for it might have even been for a Pepsi commercial or something else. Um, and he vehemently denied it, saying that he would never, he would never do something like that, and he was very proud of his race. And uh, so it's it's a shame that um, I mean, not only is is whitewashing blackface, yellowface, all all the uh, all all of this stealing work from um, minority actors a horrible thing. It's it's. Um, it's also not what Michael Jackson wanted, and you know it's and he's 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 been on record saying that this is not what he would want. So they're not doing him any favors uh, mm. by casting Joseph Fiennes in his role. Um, I mean, it is it is an interesting thing, and uh, but do you, do you think it'll really do you think it'll really happen? Do you think they'll actually go through with the production, or will it be shut down somehow? I mean, I don't see how it would get shut down, like, unless, you know, I, don't, I mean, I don't see that happening unless his family, like, mobilizes some mm-hmm. lawsuit or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it'll probably happen. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I have no way. It's just going to be one of those morbid curiosities, I guess. Like, yeah. Um, well, I'm not, I'm not saying Jackson Jackson podcast listeners should, uh, uh, physically threaten the producers, but, uh, you know, there are, there are ways to shut things down. <laughs> Why are you, you, you know, you're, everything to you is a call to violence, a call to revolution. I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> my, well, I think maybe... Well, what, have they cast? Maybe they're going to cast African Americans to play Marlon Brando and Liz Taylor. Yeah, that was that was the big joke. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, uh, I can't I can't remember who the actress. Raleigh, was. I'm sorry. When that news broke, I was uh, out of the country. I don't know if that's I okay. told you this already. No, but that's all right. Um, I think I missed all the humor. Uh, I'd have to look it up right now. Um, but there was, uh, or I'll look it up some other time. There was somebody. Somebody did uh, say. Fuck, I, I wish I could remember the actress's name. Somebody was like, uh, yeah, I'm totally on board with Joseph Fiennes playing Michael Jackson as long as, and then it was an actress, uh, an African-American actress would play Elizabeth Taylor. And then she actually responded and said, yeah, let me just get my violet contact lenses and uh, and I'm, I'm available kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I think, though, I mean, if you're Joseph Fiennes, you've already played William Shakespeare. You've played Martin Luther. Like, you know, you feel like I want to I want to play all the notable figures in history. Yeah. But you've played Proteus in Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. I mean, so like, how can you refuse a challenge like this? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not it's not his fault. And he wasn't. He certainly wasn't expecting this call to come through. But at the same time, uh, you should take a stand somewhere. Like he's not going to starve if he turns this role down. And uh, but what if what if there's something we do don't know? What if he will? What, <laughs> what, if, what if he does starve? What if what if a wizard cast a spell on him <laughs> and said, you will never, you will always be hungry unless you take this role. Well then, uh, 
then I'll then I'll let it go. But um, if that's true, if Joseph Fines or this wizard could write in within the next week and let me know, or even tweet me during while we're recording the show, and I'll break the news. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean. Listen, I'm not saying that it's the right decision. I'm just trying to look at it from Joseph Fine's point of view. He's played the Red Baron. The next logical step is Michael Jackson. <laughs> His next logical step is to play Sammy Hagar. <laughs> uh, they, I, you know, <laughs> the Red Rocker, I, and then Terry like, Taylor, yeah. the Red Rooster. I'd like to see Sammy Hagar playing Michael Jackson. <laughs> and uh, Rachel Ray can be Elizabeth Taylor. And mm. uh, what's his name? Uh, Emerald. Jack Black em- is Emerald. Emerald can be Marlon Brando. It sounds like Emerald you said Lugassi. Pitbull is Marlon Brando. Pitbull, yeah. I hate Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate that song. I'm so... I heard I heard a song, the taxi song. Have you heard a song about a taxi? I haven't. It's uh, it's so bad, and it makes me any any time I hear a song by Pitbull, it makes the worst Michael Jackson song a thousand times better. Hmm. Pitbull would Pitbull could not possibly perform a song. Could not could not equal Michael Jackson's worst. I mean, I don't, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever really heard Pitbull, so I can't speak to that, but, um. <laughs> the song is like, like the chorus of the song is like, I met you in the back of a taxi. <laughs> is that accurate? The, Does he you, do like a Stallone impression he ta- when he sings? He, he just talks. He's just like, I met you in the back of a taxi. You were going to a club. Something like that. <laughs> and that's the whole song. And then occasionally he goes, <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about it, Riley. I'm sorry that Pitbull is uh, aesthetically offensive. Yeah. Here's the other big Michael Jackson news. Uh, we we touched on it last time, uh, but now we have a firm date. February 26th, 2016 is uh, the Off the Wall reissue. Coincidentally, we didn't even know that when we started this this season that we were going to time it perfectly with the re-release of the uh, of the album. But Wait, I thought didn't they just reissue it? They're they're reissuing it, and also it's gonna you can buy the Spike Lee documentary, um, which is called Michael Jackson's Journey from Motown to Off the Wall, uh, which is which has gotten pretty good reviews so far that I've seen. Um, it's going to be on. It's premiering. Well, it premiered at Sundance a couple of weeks ago, and it will be. It will have its network debut this weekend on Showtime. So if you got Showtime, watch it and let us know how it is. Um, I I think you can sign up for like a free thirty day Showtime trial if you're really that desperate just to watch it. Um, I am probably going to wait until after we finish the season because I don't, I don't want to be, uh, what a, is it? What day of the weekend is it, is I, it showing? I think I, well, I think it's showing Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. So a couple times a day I'm going to play. I have the trailer. Here comes a minute 30 of the trailer 
most of the t- so most we're just 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 to be clear we're <laughs> really going out of our way not to talk about the actual song <laughs> that this episode is about yeah um this uh the trailer's pretty uneventful um except for uh quest love and uh who's the other one and david david byrne have uh, some funny <laughs> some funny sound bites <laughs> After you get enough, had this kind of like this opening groove, right? And the opening groove kind of sets you off. If you were a dancer, you know, you let that sink in. I always use Michael as first and foremost as a vocal inspiration. And Off the Wall was definitely the one that made me feel like I could sing. I found my falsetto because of Off the Wall. Don't stop till you get enough. This is the trailer, or is this the whole fucking this thing? Is the trailer. <laughs> it had these bizarre lyrics, well, to me, these bizarre lyrics that were quoting Star Wars. I didn't even know he was saying, keep on with the force, don't stop. I thought it was about forks. When I was a kid, I was just like, keep on with the forks. I didn't know what the forks were. <laughs> See, now I wish we had David Byrne and Questlove on our show to talk about Forks and Star Wars. David Byrne, famously not a crouton guy. <laughs> no? Not a crouton guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only uh, pertinent bit of information I keep at the ready concerning David Byrne. I will do that, that and... Uh, and his his former bandmate Tina Weymouth claims that he he used he used voodoo to murder a child once. <laughs> we'll explore that on uh, Making of a Murderer, season two. <laughs> Making of a non crouton person. <laughs> okay, I think we've uh, stalled enough. Do you have anything? Uh, I forgot to ask if you had anything in the mail in the mail closet. No, I have not accessed the mail closet since I returned from Mexico. Because I'll gladly open it again if you want. Do you just you just want to do you just want to say the song is terrible and not do the episode? <laughs> do you just want to not do the episode? No, we have to. We worked we worked so hard to get all this working. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm not a fan of this song. <laughs> I don't think it's terrible, but I'm I can't say I'm a fan of it. Yeah, it's just kind of there. It yeah. just kind of exists. This has been uh, the most the most filler-like song to me so far. Um, and it's kind of crazy that, like, it's, I well, I was going to say Stevie Wonder is the biggest gun that they trotted out on this album, but Paul McCartney's probably the biggest gun, honestly. But, but Stevie, still, Stevie they both McCartney and Wonder... Gave him bullshit, and then he didn't. He couldn't even spin it into anything interesting. Yeah. Um. At least, at least girlfriend was interesting to listen to. This is kind of. 
Girlfriend is only interesting because he says girlfriend in such a stupid way. <laughs> no, I like I like girlfriend. The more the more actually all the songs on the album, the more I listen to them, I like them more. I don't think I still I still am gonna stand by my ratings and uh and certainly the ones I think are better are still better. But um but I don't think any of them are horrible songs that we've heard so far. Yeah, I mean don't get me I'm not like I don't it's not like a mid-period Kiss record, but it's still very like, you're telling me Paul McCartney wrote Girl. You're telling me Stevie Wonder co-wrote I Can't Help It, and it doesn't, it can't, it doesn't even, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm in a department store. Yeah, there's really, there's not much to it. There's there's only two sections to the song that just go back and forth. Um, granted, now I haven't, I haven't tried to play either of these songs, and I, I don't know how complicated the chord structures are. Um, I haven't looked that up, but it's it's definitely these are jazzy chords, and there's some interesting jazzy sounds going on. Um, but I'm unfortunately not a jazz fan. At least, at least not this. This just isn't that interesting. Even even for jazz, it's not that interesting. Um, it sounds like I'm completely shitting on jazz right now, right? Good, because that's what I want it to sound like. <laughs> well, then why <laughs> did you even jazz. ask me? Um. <clears throat> all right, you want to hear any of the song, or or I have I have one more I have one more diversion we can take if you don't want to no, talk about it. No, the sooner we get through the song, <laughs> the sooner we can be done. All right, here comes some of I can't help it. stop right there <laughs> mm-hmm. very low key we're, we're taking it down even further than than anything yeah. we've heard so far i mean this so is you're even... you're in talbots it's like three days after christmas <laughs> you're returning these socks in 1979 yeah, yeah, yeah. or actually yeah. in any in any time from 1979 to like 1988 you're th- yeah, exactly. It's like, man. All right, these uh, are these. I can't think of anything specific to that time period. It's like there was no identity for that entire. You know, yeah. You're just like you're trapped in a department store. It's hell. Carter's president. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's it certainly sounds nice. <clears throat> uh, it's just not something i want to listen to a lot of um some nice twinkly electric piano which is bounce, mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth nice stereo jam there wouldn't uh, be surprised if it ended bass. up being the backing track for a wendy's safety video <laughs> a wendy's safety video <laughs> wendy's safety video <laughs> um what else a little bit of drums now i don't there's no uh there's no wikipedia entry on this song specifically so I don't know who played on it. You know what? I should check. I should check on the Discogs. I'll check on thediscogs.com. You should. Uh, I can't help it. 
Not the girl can't help it. I can't help it. Oh my god, Banana Rama does. I can't help it. Let's see. It's probably not the same song. Don't stop till you get enough. I wonder. Folks, this is the kind of exciting hands-on research you can only get firsthand on the Action Jackson podcast. That's right. Let's see. So I guess uh, I can't help it was a B-side to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Wait a second. What the hell is this? Don't Stop Till You Get Enough long version with rap? Have we ever heard that? No. Five, minute and 45, five minutes and 45 second version? Huh. Long rap. Long version with rap. Anyway, um, I don't think I'm getting, I'm not getting who played on that album. Let's see. Do, 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 do. I'm just going to keep doing the bass line. Do, 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 do. do maybe do, you should play do, more do, of the song while you search. Do, 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 do. Or maybe you should do, just continue do, do, to do, mimic the song do, yourself. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> All right, I can't find who played on it, so we're just going to save that for another day. Um, yeah, so kind of boring, not horrible, but not the most interesting song so far. Uh, and again, super low-key. Like, what, what, so Girlfriend, eh, that wasn't, that, that was kind of up-tempo a little bit. Uh, she's out of my life, obviously, that was the most sparse thing we've heard so far and what else uh rock with you i liked i liked rock with you because it was as low-key as i wanted to get on this album and we've we've just uh we've shattered that floor. well the different i mean just the different everything that came before is uh you know everything that everything before girlfriend is engaging in some way yeah and this isn't yeah, we just we keep going, we're going from off the wall to girlfriend to she's out of my life, and now to I can't help it. It's like we are just going downhill, and I don't I don't just necessarily mean in quality. I mean in in mood. Yeah, I definitely feel like this album began as off the wall. We're slowly getting back on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I was I was sold this album as a fucking party album. This is not a party anymore. I was led to believe by this record label and this performer that the entire album would be off the wall. Yeah. And I'm coming dangerously close to drywall, brick, (laughs) wood paneling. I feel like I'm working day and night just to to get through this album at this point. Girlfriend... I want this album out of my life, but if it's not going to keep rocking with me. The only thing, at this point, the only thing that's keeping me going is knowing that something called Burn This Disco Out is going to be the last track <laughs> by, by Rob yes. Temperton. And, and I feel like it's going to be so nihilistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like the blueprint for Nine Inch Nails. I mean, one could only hope. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Oh, you know what else I forgot to... I wanted to play um, the the transition between um, She's Out of My Life and I Can't Help It, just so you can hear that. It's it's sort of similar. It's not it's not quite the overlapping transition that I imagined, uh, that, I, that I sort of thought it was the first time I listened to it, 
but there is there's some overlap in tone so i'm just gonna let that go for maybe a minute pick up a little bit i keep i hate to keep making this comparison or this this uh i hate to keep using this example but that to me is exactly what it feels like when you're in like sears and you're standing (laughs) around and the music stops and you wonder like what's coming next is it going to be different oh no more of the same easy retail soundtracking yeah I feel like glass breaking or a whip crack would have would have helped that out immensely, right? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Why don't you run that back and throw in some sound effects? I can do that. Please do. Because we need to stretch this one out to five hours. Actually I can't do that because I already closed the song. So right. we're gonna we're getting back to the song itself. Ding in my mirror. Right, now that was cool. I'll give give giving them some credit for I guess well I should give Stevie and uh Suze the credit. Uh for what? Those lyrics are so confusing. Oh, and yeah, like the lyrics, not, the, the lyrics are nonsensical. Yeah, the lyrics are the lyrics suck, but I like I like the <laughs> melody there at the end. I like the I like the vocal line, how it like it's extended. The last line running off and through my mind, it just it just keeps it keeps going and you don't know where it's gonna end. I'm gonna play that. Running often through my mind. That's interesting to me. I mean, yeah, you know, it's interesting like a double play in like a preseason high school football <laughs> game or a baseball game. Really. <laughs> it's just, it's not something that I was expecting. So, uh, yeah. So those lyrics, would you like to, you want to even read them? <laughs> uh, well, it is my sworn duty. Uh, looking in my mirror took me by surprise. I can't help but see you. Now, at that line, you think like, oh, he's looking in the mirror and he's seeing her instead of himself. But no, I can't help but see you running often through my mind. So why is he surprised looking in the mirror? Yeah. And uh, how is he seeing? Why does he have to look in? Okay, so he's having a vision of her running through his mind. Why does he have to look into a mirror to see it? Or he's just so surprised that he walked by a mirror because he didn't know the mirror was there because he's thinking about this person. Or he's some kind of psychic vampire. 
or someone didn't spend a lot of time writing these lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be it. Um, the lyrics get worse. Oh, I know. The next two lines, I oh, swear yeah. to God, I want. I mean, I need them on a T-shirt. They're almost so outrageous and insane. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad we're on. We're completely on the same page with this next section. <laughs> these are these next. The next two lines are the worst on this entire album. Right? Can can we say that? They might be the worst. You know, in a way, they're so. It's so outrageous that they might be the best lyrics I've ever heard. They're so stupid. No, no, I don't think I don't think they're so stupid that they're good. I think I feel like uh uh is it get on the floor where he says uh I like the way you shake that thing and then pause especially. That's that's a pretty boneheaded line. And no, to the me thing this about is choosing, like this is choosing your choice that the chance to choose those are those are some boneheaded lines that are so those are those, those are, so are bad, bad good. to me those are like awkward more awkward this these next two lines are so they fit even though they're so stupid they fit together so beautifully it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like improv comedy it's almost like you know will ferrell could improv for like 30 years straight and not hit upon anything this <laughs> this like satisfying in terms of like l- like ludicrous couplings of of phrases okay here it comes helpless like a baby since your disguise <laughs> in case you missed that it is helpless like a baby, sensual disguise. Yeah. Baby and sensual geez, <clears throat> should never be a couplet. Never mm-hmm. ever. I- I'm really surprised this this passage was not remarked upon more at the height of his uh child molestation accusation problems. Yeah. Well fortunately he didn't write it. Oh, that's I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting <laughs> that Stevie Wonder co-wrote this trash. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. I don't even know. I don't even know if I could make any sense out of it. Like to me, that's almost like the song was written in another language, and this is the slightly incorrect translation, that's... where like some colloquialism did not, uh, was not translated correctly. That's possible. Is uh is is Green Supreme from the United States? Let's see where Suze Green. Uh, she was born in Houston, Texas, so oh. she's got no excuse. Barely, barely the United States. Come on, Raleigh. Come on now. Come on now, Raleigh. Sorry, Texas. Don't, don't be banging on Houston, Raleigh. Sorry, Raleigh. Texas. <laughs> I'm a I'm an intelligent horse. I better watch out, or I'm gonna get Randall Tex Cobb after us. Is he actually from Texas? Did we already have that discussion? He is actually from Texas. Yes. What uh, whereabouts? I don't know. <laughs> but I know well, he didn't, he didn't write this song. No, he didn't, and he is not a uh, he's not a. Uh, what am I thinking of? He's not a sensual baby in disguise. 
yeah, he's not a central baby. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm lost. I don't know, uh, like, help us like a baby. Okay, if you're, help us like a baby, pretty, pretty stupid, uh, simile, right? Um, just but, la- like lazy. Yeah, lazy. lazy. But, you know, fine. Go with it. Like, you couldn't think of anything better. Just don't immediately go to, like, a sensual place after that. Sensual yeah. disguise. What does that even mean? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, I feel like maybe Michael Jackson or Stu, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Maybe Stevie Wonder and Suze Green are tapping into the, uh, like the the um, the archetype of like the baby doll w- woman, who, like you know, like men are attracted to, uh, you know, women who seem helpless and childlike. Okay, so you're saying it's like a damsel mm-hmm. in distress kind of deal, but it's a dis- but it's a disguise. It's a disguise because this woman's she's actually got bollocks and she can take care of herself. Okay. Hmm. So By the way, Randall Cobb is from Bridge City, Texas, 99 miles northeast of Houston. That's right. And his middle name is Craig. Is it? Yeah. Cuz this is a real middle name. Fun I can fact. tell you every other notable person <clears throat> from Bridge City is a, a football player. Except yeah. for Morgan James, a international YouTube celebrity. <laughs> we'll have to get him on next uh, or her on uh, the next episode. Um, okay, so <clears throat> help us like a baby. So they could have they could have said something else. I mean, it could have he could have even just said damsel in distress, a sensual disguise. Like, why helpless like a baby? Whatever. Who gives a shit? Let's keep going. It doesn't get any. It's not like it's going to all make sense later. So, um, here we go. I can't help but love you. It's getting better all the time. I can't help it if I wanted to. I wouldn't help it even if I could. I can't help it if I wanted to. I wouldn't help it, no. Pretty boring chorus. Yeah, yeah. Very, um, um... The boat is not being rocked. It's just being gently swayed. Yeah. It's actually... It's kind of funny that you that you say that, because when I listen to this, it reminds me of Rock the Boat, Don't Rock the Boat. Really? It's just... Because it just, it just goes back and forth. Like, I can't help it if I wanted to. I can't yeah. help it. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. Rock the boat. Don't rock Don't the boat. Don't tip the boat over. <laughs> um, and I also I also don't like the uh it's like double tracked vocals. Um it seems like uh I don't know. Michael Jackson doesn't really either it's not either it's not matched up well enough. 
or I don't know. I feel like well, I feel like when you double track vocals, it's because your vocals weren't that strong enough in the first place. And I don't think Michael really suffers from that. I don't think the second the second layer of vocals really add anything to the chorus. If anything, he should have been harmonizing somewhere, or or he could have been singing falsetto. Yeah, I mean, double track vocals are kind of like asinine unless you're doing something different on the other track, I think. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't add anything to the chorus. The chorus is pretty dull. Um, You know, it's it's being hammered into my head, so it's it's memorable, but it's it's it seems well, you know, canker sores are memorable. Yeah. I always remember my first canker sore. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> when, at one Thanksgiving, I made my paternal grandfather laugh really hard when I said that I get canker sores all the time, but I never tell anyone. <laughs> I don't know why he found that to be so humorous, but <laughs> he laughed like you wouldn't believe. Maybe he thought you said shanker sores. <laughs> Well, I don't even know what a shanker sore is. I think that's uh, well, it's some sexually transmitted thing. What is it? <laughs> shanker, shanker. I feel like it's Robbie uh, Shanker, chlamydia or something. Now, now we need to know. Here we go down the yeah. down the shanker hole. Well, that we will never know for sure what my grandfather heard because he has passed on. Shanker. I didn't mean to bring the mood syphilis, down, Raleigh. Syphilis. A shanker is a painless ulceration, in parentheses, sore, most commonly formed during the primary stage of syphilis. You know, my grandfather died years ago, and I'm over it, and I don't want anyone else to be sad for me because I've accepted it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, at one point I felt helpless like a baby, but there's no sensual disguise here, Raleigh. There is not. Um, there isn't. So for for a long time, I was wondering what he couldn't help in this song, but now I understand that it's that he can't help but love the person that he's singing to. Mm-hmm. And that's really it, right? It's just uh, yeah. That's uh, I can't help it if I wanted to. I wouldn't help it even if I could. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm stealing your. Uh, I'm stealing. How your job. dare you? How dare you? I wish. This is a video I would dramatically walk off. If this is a local news segment, I'd tear the microphone off my lapel. Um, so, is it even... It's, it's strange that the obsession is that you can't help it. Like, you'd think, like, if, if I were... If I were expressing a sentiment like, I can't help but love you, and something in that had to become the focus and then like a chorus of a song, it would be like the loving you part, not the not being able to help it part. Yeah. I know love you or but love you (laughs) wouldn't be a very interesting chorus, but... uh, (laughs) Well, not for some people. Some people consider that to be average pedestrian... Intercourse Raleigh. Yeah. Intercourse um, Raleigh, that's your new name. Intercourse Raleigh here with the sex report. 
Uh, <laughs> Give us the dirty sex report, Raleigh. <laughs> I can't help it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't help it. It's like he he can't help it if he wanted to. No one's even asking if you want to. Nobody's accusing you of that. Like uh, you don't have to. You don't have to protest. This definitely seems like maybe like if I imagine. Michael Jackson as the protagonist of the song. I imagine this is him speaking to somebody after like two or three beers and he doesn't he's not quite formulating things as clearly as he wants to and he's trying to convey something that he you know he just kind of is like blathering on like like you know like I just I just like you a lot and like I can't help it I don't want to like you like I, but not that I don't well, I mean, you're great, but it's like, I like you. <laughs> it seems, so something at this speed, though, mm-hmm. uh, I I get the impression that these two have been together for a long time. Like, this, really? this seems, this feels to me like two old people together. Like, and I think it's mostly because of the speed of the song. It seems it seems like some older folks. And yeah, I don't get that at all. No, okay. No. It seems it seems slow and uh, not edgy, right? <laughs> um. <laughs> what do you tell? I at first I had mistaken this for the exploited when I first heard it. <laughs> there, yeah. This has the sex, but no violence <laughs> <laughs> that, that we come to expect. <laughs> um it's not dead and and also the helpless like a baby uh i feel like that's something maybe that a very that an elderly person would uh would would liken themselves it'd be more it's more shocking for an elderly person to to say that they're helpless like a baby than it would be for a but rarely a have i encountered a senior citizen who has lulled me into a false sense of security when they're not actually a baby, but they're using a sensual disguise. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, let's take a quick diversion. I want to read something. I want to <laughs> read Robert Criscow's uh, review of Off the Wall. <laughs> I've been waiting Please. for this for a while, uh, in which he gives it an A. Okay, that's fine. Michael Jackson off the wall. In which fast-stepping Michael J. and quick-witted Quincy J. fancy the dance groove of the year, period. Michael's vocabulary of grunts, squeals, hiccups, moans, and asides is a vivid reminder that he's grown up. And the title tune suggests that maybe what makes Stevie Wonder, who contributes a good ballad, such an oddball isn't his genius or even his blindness so much as the fact that since childhood his main contact with the real world has been on stage and in bed <laughs> a what the what does that mean <clears throat> you know sometimes chris gal could hit the nail <laughs> on the head and other times he was just Answering the door to his apartment, buck naked. 
Well, at the, at the very least, I understand that uh, Chris Gow is claiming that this is a good ballad, this song. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. A good ballad. You know, he also didn't, didn't we uh, determine in the earlier, earliest episode, didn't he give letters to Cleo a bomb? So, I mean, what the fuck does this guy know? Well, he gave, he gave every Veruca Salt an album an A. <laughs> that's that's for sure. <laughs> How could you forget that? <laughs> oh my god, I, that's beautiful. I want to I want to write and direct a play about that. And I think he gives like every Michael Jackson album an A. I, I I'm probably wrong about that, but I I recall he at least gave Dangerous an A, right? I well, I am checking on this immediately. <sighs> I can just I think I can do that with one click. Uh Thriller A, Off the Wall A. Invincible A minus, Dangerous A minus. Well, there you it. go. All the rest are uh <clears throat> are compilation albums. But come on. Oh, and bad he gives bad a B plus. So from from B plus to A, that is the that is the spectrum of Michael Jackson. So similar similar grades are given to Janet Jackson. B for control, A minus for rhythm nation, A minus for Janet, A minus for design of a decade, A minus for the velvet rope, B minus for all for you. What does this what does scissors mean? Um oh I think that means <laughs> cut this shit out and throw it in the bin with the other things that we've cut. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right, enough about Robert Crisco. Let's get back. To wait, him. wait, wait! I oh, just come across his, his Joe Jackson page. Joe Jackson. He, he gives lower grades to Joe Jackson, of course. In the B's and C's. How about Luscious Jackson? Oh, good fucking idea! I bet he gives A's. Um, uh, I'll say I'll guess that he gives them B's. Come on, where are you, Lush? There we go. Oh, what? Why is this page not loading? Uh, he, <laughs> there's a some sort of emoticon. <laughs> I can't tell if the emoticon is smiling or grimacing, Bowling but that's ball? the only thing listed for "In Search of Manny." Oh, nice. um, natural, ingre- <clears throat> natural ingredients, on their other hand, gets a B minus. And he calls them estimable, estimable women, exemplify the limitations of seeing loyalty and good intentions. Mm-hmm. Only a killjoy would piss on their project. Yeah, but they're no Veruca Salt, right? <laughs> I mean, who is? They're no. Uh, it's no American thighs. Just for the sake of argument here, just you know, I consider the best female. Um, I consider the best <clears throat> female rock group of the 90s to be L7. Okay. And he gives L7 all A's. So, okay. How about Sleater Kinney? Oh, that's another. That's a... Sleater Kinney Jackson. <laughs> Let's see. I feel like they're going to be rated very well, probably. Would you believe all A's? For... I, I would believe it. Every single Sleater Kinney release, nice there's only only the self-titled 1995 album and All Hands on the Bad One get A-minuses. Everything else is a solid A. See, and, and our fans, 
I feel like our fans are constantly writing us emails like, you guys take so long at the end of the show to get your ratings together. Why do you, you start, you start rating and then you stall for 20 minutes? Well, this is why, because you want us to be more like Robert Chris Gow? We'll just give everything the same grade and then you'll learn nothing. <laughs> Um, everything gets know, an A. What album's better? Yeah, they're all the best. Do you want it just for just for the sake of comparison? Chris Gow's gauge for Chris Chris gauge for uh, Simon and Garfunkel's concert in Central Park. <laughs> C plus. C plus. <laughs> C plus. He must not have in been the on great the guest Woodstock list. tradition. This gift from a flower or two to a generation <laughs> or two is also a corporate boondoggle. Ooh. Paul has forgotten art enough to relax as a singer, which means that much of the S&G material has improved since 1971. But live doubles are live doubles. Nostalgia is nostalgia. Wimps are wimps. And who needs any of them? C+. Plus. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that what, what uh, Sylvester Stallone said at the end of Rambo? <laughs> wimps are yep. wimps. Word for word. <laughs> word for goddamn word, my friend. <laughs> All right, let's finish this goddamn song. No, oh, we're only a minute into it. We're only a minute and 17 seconds into it. But guess what? You've heard the entire song already. Yeah. So, just, I mean, we I feel like we don't have to play much more of it. Well, we, we're going to. Ugh. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about the do-do-do-do-do's. There's some do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Because we couldn't write more words at this part, or is this just solidifying it as a jazz tune? What's the motivation for the doot doot doos? Uh, trying to polish a turd. Yeah, I don't think it's working. No, it's not. We know it's not. I do like that little sound effect that little uh what is that thing called the expression knob or something i don't know the thing the bendy thing on a synthesizer what's that called um the modulator the modulator yeah there you go that's fun i like that that adds that adds something it makes it kind of uh if it were instrumental it could have been potentially like okay so Like when Star Trek goes to another planet, this could have been like playing in the lounge of Mm -hmm. of uh, some of like that hippie planet or something. All right, the planet of all Jacksons, (laughs) planet Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but Tito does not understand what you mean. The moon Jackson. (laughs) Oh my! Oh my! You know what? That synthesizer is uh, is becoming the focus for me. It's it's uh, more interesting than the lyrics and Michael Jackson singing at this point. Of course, we've we've said this a million times. Flawless delivery from Michael Jackson. Oh okay. yeah, flawless Michael. delivery of crap. 
So he's doing the best he can do. Yeah. Which is stellar. Yeah. He sounds he sounds happy. It's very clean. Um love to run my fingers softly while you sigh. Love came and possessed you, bringing sparkles to your eyes. It still still could be about vampires. You're really uh, clinging to that vampire thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, at least, well, those... Love came and possessed you. That's kind of lame. I mean, it's all kind of lame, but at least... Love, love to run my fingers softly while you sigh sparkles in your eyes at least it's more interesting imagery than that baby in the sensual disguise i mean but it is a massive come down from the baby sensual disguise <laughs> i mean if you can't match that no i i, yeah. pref- I prefer this to that <laughs> uh did we get to the the verse after that yet uh, just, I don't think so. All right, I'm just I'm blown away by the synthesizer in the back. going to happen now i'm going to remark upon the religious overtones of those opening lines in this verse like a trip to heaven heaven is the prize yeah we get it man like a trip to heaven go to church prize how's so like you're singing a love song to somebody you're trying to make them feel special and you're telling them that they're an angel, but if you get a trip to heaven, wouldn't meeting the angel be the prize? Um, <clears throat> not heaven. Heaven's not the prize. Heaven is the prize ultimately, ultimately in life, and he so he's saying, and he says it's like a trip to heaven. It's you know it's similar like attaining the ultimate prize in life, being accepted in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> and now we're an angel in disguise instead of a sensual disguise. <laughs> well, it still could be a sensual angel. Sensual angel, isn't that that's the sequel to uh, Poison Ivy? Avenging Angel. Or uh, what's what wasn't there? There's a series of angel movies where angel is like a. <clears throat> all I, I remember the video, the video covers. They're like a split, split cover where she's like a good girl on one side, and then on the other oh, side, she's like, yeah, oh, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. Skirt. Angel. Something, I don't remember angel. There's like a bunch of them. I don't. I never saw any of them though. Me either. All right, and then the, then he sang the chorus again, and so admittedly the music the music is at least 
getting slightly more interesting as the song goes on. They're adding, there's some strings added, and there's that synthesizer running wild in the background. <laughs> um, but that's about it, right? That's that's all we're up to, and we've got what are we three minutes into this? Not quite two two and a half minutes. It's still there's still two minutes left of this song, and uh, I feel like we're about to hit some kind of a bridge or something where in a normal song we would we would go to a new place but is it going to happen in this song let's see <laughs> So we got a lot of do to do's. Yeah, this whole passage to me is just like, let's kill some time until <laughs> this shit's over. Yeah. What's interesting, <clears throat> it's sort of interesting to me that um, he repeats the second half of the last verse again. It's the angel in disguise, uh, robots in disguise, Transformers. <laughs> robots! <laughs> uh, <I'm> robots! So- <laughs> I'm so glad I found you, girl. You're an angel in disguise. Kind of picks that up in progress. Do you think? Do you think he was supposed <laughs> we now to sing? To this boring piece of shit already in progress. Well, do you think he was supposed to have sung two lines before that? And just no. Just I think forgot? whatever he was supposed to do, he didn't do. I think he was just trying to make give this some flourish and some interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so now I think we're back into the chorus and uh, I don't think there's anything else that happens. Let's, let's find out. I can't help it if I wanted to, I wouldn't help it even if I could. I can't help it if I wanted to, I wouldn't help it, no. He's taking it up a notch there, using his more intense, louder Michael Jackson voice, higher his higher register. Back to this section again. Let's 
let's listen to it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You so almost like, got me. That's it. I mean, there's really only there's only two sections of the song repeated over and over again. <clears throat> and the the music sort of builds, and Michael sort of attempts to take it to a higher place, mm-hmm. um, but it really doesn't really go anywhere. Now, not every song has to go somewhere, but. I don't know. No, I but it's like... nice if you're. It's not every song has to go somewhere, but it, it's you know I'm not just gonna sit in some nondescript car for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is four and a half minutes. Exactly. Four so, and a half minutes. I'm not um, gonna sit there for three minutes. Good luck trying to get me to sit there for four. Yeah, especially after um, she's out of your my pizza. life. Your pizza. If uh, so, let me ask you this. You, I'm trying to remember. Did you? You didn't really. You didn't care for she's out of my life, right? No, you that's gave, correct. You gave that a fairly low rating. Well, you gave off the wall an even lower rating, but you gave you gave she's out of my life a fairly low rating. Um, uh, this song versus uh, she's out of my life, I feel like are kind of the low points of the album so far, and they're back to back. Is would would you have gotten rid of one? Would you have separated them, or would you? Uh, I don't know what, what what would you have done. Could this be saved by better sequencing, or is I can't help it really just such filler that it has no place here? Well, I mean, the problem is is like even though it's filler. Like we sit here and we complain about like oh it's not you know engaging or whatever. Like I was being completely genuine. That line about the baby in the sensual disguise is so baffling in such a beautiful way. Hmm. I feel you can't get rid of it, and it's also like it was co-written by Stevie Wonder. That's fucking insane. And um, she's out of my life. I think may I would consider eighty sixing because it is so old fashioned. But then it is really again. It's very interesting to hear Michael Jackson. Like you know he's can, he's getting like really emotional. Like he's singing at a telethon. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like they're disasters, but they're you know it's like. I can survive these. It's you know, like I said, it's not like it's not. It's not like you're making me listen to like a Kiss album from the non-makeup years. Yeah, I, I see where I see what you're saying. Um, uh, I I I definitely wouldn't have put them back to back. Um, I feel like I can't help it. At least has some drums, and it's got some tempo to it. Um, so it wouldn't be out of place on the, it's not, it's not completely out of place on the album. Um, I, I think it should have been shorter. Uh, but you know, I can, I can listen to it. Uh, like you said, it's not, it's not, uh, a deal, a complete deal breaker. Um, but I wouldn't have put them back to back. Um, she's out of my life. Doesn't. It's so sparse that uh, it has almost no place on a party album. And I'm still pretending that this is a party album. 
Uh, yeah, I, but she's out of my life is still like ten times more relatable content wise than whatever is happening in, in yeah. this the sensual baby disguise. Yeah, and, like, it's, and it's also a really good vocal performance too. Yeah. Um I don't know. I I would love to hear songs that got uh axed to make room for these songs. Cause I, I'm sure I'm sure when Quincy Jones found out Stevie Wonder was giving Michael Jackson a song, he was like, well, fuck. Whatever we got in slot number eight, get it out of the way, because Stevie Wonder's giving us a song, and it's got to be on the album. No matter what no matter what it sounds like, it's got to be on here. And I feel like She's Out of My Life and I Can't Help It would be like kind of cool B-sides. But yeah, they would. They don't but have we'll probably, to be on the album. Like, we'll probably never hear what the other contenders are until Blanket needs to pay child support. Yeah, I I hope I I I'm, I don't know about I don't know if the Steve uh, pardon me the uh, Spike Lee um, documentary I don't know how into the production of this album it's going to be I thought. I originally thought it was only going to be about the making of Off the Wall. I didn't realize it was going to be like starting with his Motown years, but I guess you can't really you can't tell the story of Off the Wall unless you start with Motown because that's what that's the story of this album. It's Michael Jackson breaking out of Motown. But I I would really love to hear like a like one of those um uh what the hell are they called? Like the like the classic album things VH1 used to do. Mm. Is, is it even VH1? I don't know. Where they would just yes. they play the they sit there and they play the tapes and they take parts yeah. out and you know I love that shit and I I feel like I would love to know what songs were just bubbling under that got. That I got think caught. I mean if it's anything like the documentary about Bad, there'll be a little bit of that. Yeah, but uh, like there was no major, there was no like crazy revelations. And the bad thing, you know. I mean, they talked about a lot of the composition, but they were never like, "Oh my God, Michael threw away this crazy song yeah. in favor I, of Dirty Diana." Yeah, I guess it would have. If it was such a good song, he would have. He probably would have brought it back on another album. But maybe, maybe we'll find out later as we go through uh, future albums. Well, like I said, when Blanket is on his fourth marriage, and yeah. he's got to put his children juice box and <laughs> Prince Michael the eighth through school. Um, okay. I'm going to play some of, uh, Stevie wonders version of the song. Now, mm. uh, if, if you look on the Google, uh, you may see this song presented as a demo version and I'm 99% sure that this is not a demo version of this out of, of I can't help it. I'm pretty sure that this is a fairly recent recording. This definitely, this definitely did not come out before Michael Jackson's version. And, uh, if you believe YouTube comments, um, the DJ or, or a DJ that was in the audience at the time, um, of this performance says it was only a few years ago. So I'm going to play some of this. 
to start with A. forget that line <laughs> how could he i mean that's the rosetta that's the uh rosetta stone what well, that's the, the holy grail diamond of this uh <laughs> It doesn't sound doesn't sound that much different. The the bass is pretty damn busy, but yeah. otherwise it's basically the same. I want to try to find where he gets the lyrics wrong. I'm not sure those are words. So he didn't he didn't really seem to forget that many words. Mm-hmm. Um considering he probably hadn't really heard the song in thirty years. It's, it's a bit it's a bit livelier than Michael's version. Yeah. But Can't say it's any better. No, I'm still not tasting it. Yeah. You're hearing the best Christmas music. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> enough of that oh, i'm hitting us over the head with this jesus stuff yeah um <laughs> so if if you thought <laughs> if you thought michael jackson's version was tedious oh my god raleigh raleigh wait until yeah. you hear esperanza spaulding's version <laughs> her 10 and a half minute version I might start making myself lunch <laughs> in the middle of this. I'm just gonna play a little bit. I'm just I'm gonna skip around because there's a lot of jazzy, jazzy doot to do's in here. Take it. 
Because I know that I've tried and I can deny what I'm feeling. Ba ba doo ba da ba ba. I'm fast forwarding. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you're just intentionally pulling out in, in, there's no, that's not the same song. No, it is. She, she gets into, it gets to be more traditional. This is like the, the three minute intro. This is the preamble. Yeah. This is the part she can help. Oh shit, girl. She's playing bass also on this. Singing and bass playing. I can help but see you. Running often through my mind. Helpless as a baby. Sensual to be honest, it's even it's an even better vocal performance than Michael Jackson's. I'll say it. I mean, you're not wrong, but I really don't think we. I I can't make any judgment until we hear a Spalding Gray's version of this song. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna skip some saxophone, some of that, some of that. Some eyebrow rings. Guy with a hat. More eyebrow rings. Those aren't words. Still three minutes to go. Getting crazy. Oh shit. Saxophone. Going crazy. It's like a duel. That was an excellent Sebastian Bach impression. <laughs> I'd yes. like to hear Sebastian Bach's version of this song. <laughs> Helpless as a baby! <laughs> <sighs> That's it. That's all I got. Well, the Helpless only, as uh, a baby! I am gonna what okay, remind me what can you remind me what I rated she's out of my life? Uh she's out of my life, uh if I remember, let's say five point nine, but your lowest rating is still off the wall five point three. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna straight up 
give this a 4.5. <laughs> you didn't need to know what the other ratings were. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make you do work, Rob. Um, yeah, so 4.5. And it's just barely getting there on the strength of the sensual disguise. Yeah. Um, so I got to I gotta go in the fives, I guess, right? Dangerous got a five. She drives me wild. Five and a half. Jam. I gave a five. Is this better or worse than Jam? This is worse than Jam. You fucking know it. You fucking know it in your soul. I don't know. This is this is kind of catchy. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a five. I'm gonna give this the same rating as Jam. Okay. This is it's totally different than Jam. But it's uh I don't think it's better or worse. Jam was jam was kinda dull. Jam was kinda boring. Now I think you're just trying to irritate me. You're just <laughs> Alright. So two songs left in this album. It's the Falling in Love is gonna be our next uh our next episode. Uh hopefully next week. Mm-hmm. And then burn the disco out. Um, I can. Uh, I'll try again to get to get uh, the chunkster on. Wallychung dot com, and then yeah. we will probably do a wrap up episode. Yeah, at some point that's uh, that'll come afterwards. Um, maybe we'll even uh, maybe we'll have Spike Lee on. <laughs> well, that would be quite a feat, and I would be surprised if he even. Agreed to speak, even to listen to what we had to say. Asking if he, I'll be surprised if he even listens to our full invitation. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about that movie. Like, I want to, I definitely want to see it, but I don't think it's going to be what I think it's it is. Um, I I think I'm mostly basing this on the trailer, the fact that the guy from the weekend is in it, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't give a shit what that guy has to say. Everybody, I haven't watched the trailer, but uh, based on what you play, it sounded like every single person being interviewed in the start of it was Ad Rock from the BC Boys. So I just imagine, <laughs> I imagine it will be an entire documentary where Ad Rock is the only person to interview. Well, so I'm looking at the list of interview interviewees: um, Stevie Wonder, Rod Temperton, um, <clears throat> conspicuously absent, absent Paul McCartney. Um, <laughs> But in his place, we have Kobe Bryant. So, oh yes, I remember there was a bit of a controversy when the bad documentary came out that Justin Bieber was among the interviewees. Mm. Yeah, I guess you just have to do that. It seems, yeah, to get the kids watching. I mean, was mm-hmm. was Kobe Bryant even born when this album came out? I don't think so. Right, he's way younger than us. Right. I don't think he's way younger than us. No. I think he is. Uh, he's actually older than uh, he's older than me. He was really? born August twenty third, nineteen seventy eight. Holy shit! Well, I'm still older than him. So <laughs> I thought he was. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. You're probably thinking of who? Who turned pro at like eighteen? Uh, I don't know. Wait, are you thinking of LeBron James? I'm thinking of LeBron James. That's right. Okay, sorry. He was born on December 30th, 1984. Yeah, 
Okay, so he's young. You sure as hell weren't thinking about Vladdy Divac. I was not thinking about Vladdy Divac. On February 3rd, 1968. <laughs> You're right, I wasn't. <laughs> were you thinking of Carl Malone? Because I don't think you were. He was the born mailman? July 24th, 1963. Wait, who let, who let Carl Malone out of the mail closet? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Guilty as charged. <laughs> okay, um... I guess that's it for this episode, right? Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, folks. And uh, your reward is that uh, everything is back up on iTunes in the right place and in the right order. <laughs> please, uh, please join us next week when we listen to the penultimate song from Off the Wall. And as always, Tumblr, Twitter, now Blogger. Gmail, Tinder, Grinder, Friendster, MySpace, <laughs> Evo, Vimeo, <laughs> Yahoo, GeoCities, Alta Vista, Dogpile, Rotten.com, <laughs> Dolly, Clone Sheep, Bark, The Drew Carey Show. Happy day that music died.